Hello, and welcome to the Multiplier's Leadership Podcast. A multiplier is someone being transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of neighbors and nations. In this podcast, we are connecting uncommon leaders like you to relationships and resources that will help you multiply the Great Commandment and the Great Commission in your everyday life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multipliers Leadership Podcast. We are so excited that you're here today because this is our very first podcast and you chose to jump in here with us. Today, our guest is Josh Foliart. Man, we're excited to have him um, on the podcast with us today. We're going to learn a lot about him, but um, let's just jump in right out of the gate and start. Man, Josh, um, welcome. How are you today? I am well, Joseph. Uh, If I can match your energy I oh, love goodness. it. I love it. You <laughs> no. are you are awesome, man. You're such a gift uh, to me, to our organization, um, and those who know Multiply know that we're on a team together. And uh, this is just so much fun to kind of get outside of our day to day and get on top of the organization and just talk about what God's doing. Right? Oh, come on, man! You're you're speaking my language, and um, Josh. I mean, you and I we go way back, and so there's a lot that we've we've been able to do together, but. What I do know about you is that, man, you've been in a lot of different environments. You've led um, in and through a lot of different experiences. But um, what, what I really want you to share with the viewers now or the listeners now is, man, what's your time and energy? What's it focused on now? Um, and just to kind of catch people up. Great question. Um, focus is a, um, a struggle for me, Joseph, as you know. <laughs> um, and uh, But, you know, no. You know, I, I think throughout my career, I've definitely taken a nonlinear path. And some of that has been my own just, you know, wonderlusts. But some of that's been God as well, leading me on a path that, you know, I don't know that wisdom is always apparent on the front end. It's always on, on the back end um, that you start to see wisdom. Uh, Jesus said wisdom is known by her children, right? So, so, uh, but you know, really in, I'm 43 now and I'm certainly trying to focus my life in, in a way that's more and more useful to the King and the kingdom. Um, and so really the two things, uh, my heart and my life is focused on in this season is, um, executive coaching, working with, um, leaders who are in places of influence and who, have a heart for the kingdom and they want to, they want to leverage their life for the King, for the kingdom and coming alongside of them, getting in their corner and um, being a, uh, an ear for them, being a counsel for them. Uh, And that's been such a joy for me to get in the corner of coaches and former athletes and executives. um, uh, And, and just, you know, we, we fight together. We, we get clarity and, Um, And we fight together um, on things that matter to them, to us, to the king and the kingdom. So uh, that's one thing. uh, And and not uh, also, but kind of right alongside of that is Multiply Global. And that has been um, such a a passion project of my heart that really was birthed um, in 2001 it was breathed on again in 2007, mm. and then I finally got the courage to say yes in 2012. Um, so, you know, th- everything is a process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God doesn't deal with me in years. He, he, we, we go decades. So, um, but uh, Multiply Global focused on, on, you know, identifying 
and recruiting these uncommon global leaders, these, these men and women throughout the planet who just need somebody to come alongside of them and encourage them and, and connect them to um, relationships and resources. And that's really where we land. Like, how do we connect these uncommon global leaders to relationships and resources that are going to help them multiply the great commandment and the great commission? And so I've given my life to those two things in various capacities. Um, so trying to stay focused, uh, and it's, it's one day at a time. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of our listeners that can relate of, man, there's a lot of things they want to do, but what's the right thing yeah. to do? And um, it sounds like you are on the journey along with this. And, and really, yeah. Josh, I want to dig in a little bit more, you know, as, as I listen to you, um, both in the executive coaching side where you, you're in um, a lot of different environments, a lot of different people, but, but also even on the global scale and the global side, talking about relationships and resources, being in front of that many leaders, um, what, what is it that you find is, is common or true really within all of those? What is it they all need um, as you listen to them? What, um, like how, how would you characterize them based on your experiences? Oh, that's such a great question. I would say one of the things that I'm discovering about uh, you know, these, these leaders with crazy ambition and big dreams, and, and I love those guys. Um, I love head coaches. I love executives. I love um, coming alongside of those kind of guys. And, and I think one of the things that they have in common is just their deep love for their family and their children and the desire to, to, to um, mark out a legacy and a path that's well-worn that their sons and daughters and wives and, and those you know, grandkids, great-grandkids can, can see, man, this man's life was a story worth telling and, and, and a journey worth emulating. So they all have that in common. All of them want to do well for their kids. That's such a good answer. I think that's, that's definitely something all of us want um, in any category. So I think that's great insight on that side. But um, I think for each of us, as we're trying to figure out what's the right thing to do, um, there's several of us that you know, we have a passion or a passion project, as you called it, to start something new, to step into a new space, to into maybe even the unknown. Um, wh- I mean, what was it like to, to start a brand new organization and, and maybe even just, yeah, what was it like to start a brand new organization? Let's just start there. Uh, it's not fun, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very little of what God calls us to is convenient, right? I've heard that convenience is the enemy of character. Um, and vice versa. And I think God calls us into hard places so that He can show up. And um, and I want to over-spiritualize it because it is hard work. It's business knowledge. It's understanding. It's networking. It's fundraising. It's um, all of the above. And, and that can take different expressions in nonprofit, for-profit. Um, but I would say, um, you know, to the guy out there, the gal out there who is... Um, kind of considering or they've taken their first step, but they're in their first, you know, two to three years of the the enterprise um, or the organization or the nonprofit or even the project, right? Um, I would say, and I've used this phrase and you'll you'll you've heard me say this, but but your connection is the key to new capacity. So so if you are connected to the right people, the right 
network, um, man, your capacity just, it, it, it um, becomes so much greater when you're around the right people, thinking the same way, going after the same things. And I would say one of the biggest issues for those kinds of people, and I would say all the way up um, into the C-suite, you know, executive level or into the head coach level, most high-performing leaders and, and people that we would call multipliers of the kingdom, most of them are, are grossly disconnected from hmm. real friendships or relationships and people that can um, help sustain and maintain um, what they're trying to accomplish. Most of them have, have plenty of talent, um, plenty yeah. of competency. What they don't have enough of is connection. Hmm. So I think you're going to hit the nail right on the head with many of our listeners that I mean, there's a, a, a deficiency or a gap on the connection side. Yeah. So um, what, what do you, what do you say to that person that they, they're like, I resonate with that. You know, how, how do I increase my connection with, with other people or the right minded people? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, I think it seems really hard. It seems like they're not out there. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, the idea of, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears is, mm. is true. And I think sometimes when we get hungry enough, like then most of the time it's us that, that prohibits or inhibits our, our connection. It's, it's our own fear of vulnerability or it's our own um, oversized um, uh, measure of our own importance in Ooh. an organization. Okay. Right. And, and so we, we end up isolating ourselves because we think we've got to get this done. We've got to, and we don't prioritize connection. We don't prioritize. And here's the word real friendship, like real friendship, like deep friendship, like Mm. friendship is so powerful. And I remember um, in my early thirties, I had a very little I had very little value for friendship and high value for um, achievement. Hmm. And, and th- there's nothing wrong with achievement. I, I think achievement's so important, but I think you can achieve and, and conquer, if you will, and take ground. But man, what's going to help you hold that ground is over here. And Ooh. it's these connections. It's the friendship. And if they're not at that same level, I mean, we're, you're in a dangerous place up there all by yourself on top of this mountain. The air is thin. You fought to get there. Um, and, and that is the leader's journey. Uh, I think that is, that is an incredible picture for us of being able to look at both because we all have the desire to achieve in some capacity. Even if you're like, I'm not a driven person, you still want to achieve something, right? But to have the right people with you there to, to sustain it, to keep it and even to celebrate. I think that's a, Oh, a yeah. really, a really good word uh, for for our listeners today. And um, I mean, I, I think there's there's probably countless stories you could probably tell in that world. Um, but I, I want to even shift gears a little bit more. Where um, man, I know that I've had the privilege, and this is just based on our own relationship, and um, where I've seen you invest into to many people, both um, both here locally or across the globe, coaching business, whatever it may be, but um, what what drives you to do that? Why is that important to you um, within really what I see as many, many environments that you're in 
for you to invest in in other people the way that you do? Uh, good question. Um, you know, I think it has to start with two two passages of scripture that are just so centered to my life. One, Matthew twenty eight, um, Jesus is giving the Great Commission, and he says, "Go make disciples of all nations." And you know, you can't make a disciple if you can't make a friend, right? There it is. So, so investing into people at a relational level is a a basic foundation for making disciples. Um, people have called it relational, you know, ministry or relational discipleship. And so, uh, that one of one of the motives of my heart there motivations is. I, I want to obey Jesus. I want to make disciples. I want people to love um, the man who who showed mercy to me and pulled me into a larger story and um, and has just been so kind and gracious. And so that's for sure a huge motivation. I would say another scripture that would piggyback into that is um, Jesus in Matthew 9 is talking about, he's going through the, the, the villages. It says he goes through all the villages, preaching, teaching, and healing. Um, and, and he looked at his disciples and he said to them, um, you know, uh, the harvest is great, but the, but the laborers, the workers are few. And, and he looked at the crowds and he says, you see them, these, these here are like sheep without a shepherd. And I feel like if I could have a conversation with Jesus around that passage of scripture, it'd be one of the most fascinating conversations, but I feel like. One of the things he wants to do is raise up covering for the you know people, and he wants to raise up leaders that can provide strength and provision and protection. Um, and I think about the foster system. I think about the the orphans around the world. I think about the homeless population. I think about um, single mothers. Um, I don't know how single homes. I don't know how they do it. Uh, and so when, when Jesus is talking about those crowds, he's talking about those people, whether they be in India or Indiana, it doesn't matter. He's saying, I love them and my heart's breaking because they, there's nobody covering their life. There's nobody fighting for them. So uh, right alongside of that great commission passage, I want to be a part of that solution of raising up workers for the harvest. Um, so Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that, that he would send out laborers. So, you know, multiplies, you know, I mean, this is what we do. This is why we do what we do. Um, we invest into leaders so that they can go and provide covering protection, provision, um, vision, um, to people in parts of the world that you and I could never actually thrive in. Um, and so, you know, and then I would say, Number three, kind of to, to wrap this part up, I would say um, I I just love leaders. I just love them, and I, and and I probably out of some of my own just need, my own desire for connection, um, and and just that deep sense of man, I want to be connected to like minded men. So I'm drawn, I'm drawn to them, and I, I've just you know, tried to position myself in a way that how do I asking the question, how do I add value to Joseph today? Like if I'm sitting across from you and we're having a conversation, like what is it that I can do that can add value to you? Whether that's validating who you are, your identity in Christ, or maybe that's 
you know, doing something very physical, like I need help with X, Y, or Z, whatever that could be, or, you know, or, or helping you dream out loud and process about a step you want to take into the future. I love that stuff. Like, yes, that's why I exist. <laughs> you and I, I love, love it. That's, that's why, yeah, that's why yeah. we connect. Cause we, we love so, those things together. Uh, I, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, just a peel behind the curtain of what drives you and what helps move you forward in, in a lot of different spaces. But we all know in leadership, it's, I mean, leadership is hard and leadership is challenging. And so um, I, we would love if, if you could even share a moment of um, maybe something that didn't go so well or didn't go near as well as you hoped to, maybe even a failure that you learned from. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot here and that's okay, but, totally um, good. but, but let let us let us learn from some of the the failures and mistakes that you've kind of made along the way. Oh, well, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think I've got a master's degree in in this area. Um, you know, one of the things that I've learned, I've got two two things that are coming to mind. One is when we lived in Peru. Um, we took taxis for the first 10 months uh, while we were there. Our, our children were three and six, not too much younger than your oldest two. Um, and so we were in taxis at least two to four times a day. And our oldest would, I mean, he'd literally, you know, vomit every single time we got into a taxi. It's just, you. so we, we got into the habit and we carried bags with us. And, um, but I, I remember, um, in one of those taxi rides, I'm just talking with God, having a conversation internally. And, um, and it was almost like the Lord just said, there's, there's two types of taxis. Okay. Uh, one taxi is going to bump you all over the car on the way to the destination. The other, and you, you would always pray, man, give us a good taxi driver, right? The other would get you there. Same destination, same, pretty much same time frame. Um, but you wouldn't be sick when you arrived. And I, I, for the longest time, and I still have to really battle this, I am the taxi driver that can make the people in the car with me sick. And, and as a leader, I've got to be very, very cautious not to be, because I'm a founder, I'm a visionary, I've got 10 ideas every day. Um, and, and I've got to be cautious and you know, this about me to be true. I've got to be cautious that not every good idea is a God idea. And, and so I have certainly felt one example when we were planting the church there in Lima, um, we tried to plant a second church in a city called Manchai, um, which does now have a thriving church out of the church we planted there now, but our first attempt our first attempt was a failure um, because I was trying to fit a square peg leader into a round hole and trying to make him something that he wasn't because I wanted something so badly. I was so driven by outcomes. I, I essentially um, mobilized this guy into, um, into a place where he probably didn't really want to be. Hmm. And maybe it was some manipulation um, on my part, probably. Um, and and I, I regret that. I regret, hmm. you know, that for him. He's thriving. He's doing great now. We have a good relationship. I don't think there's bitterness there. 
I pray, I pray not, but again, I'm, that, that taxi principle, like too fast, too bumpy, um, mm. you know, uh, and, and just sometimes we want something for somebody else that they actually don't want don't for want. themselves. That's good wisdom. And, and yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to wait. So here, here's the second half of this answer, waiting on God for his provision and not going, you know, go to Abraham and Ishmael and that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to birth a lot of Ishmael's in my life. I just want to do what yeah. God wants to do um, and say yes to what he wants to say yes to. I've, I've discovered uh, the hard way uh, that it doesn't go well. Mm. It does. It, and, and many times God honors even our missteps, which is crazy that he would do that. I totally agree. Yeah. He would, he honors our missteps, but, um, that, that's one story, one example of, uh, and I would just encourage leaders who are like me, like we think it, there's an urgency. We've, like if we don't get it done by this date, it's just, you know, and I think, um, I read a book a couple of years back called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Yeah, by John, 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 Mark John Mark Homer, which Homer, you guys are yeah. going through it. Yeah. We're about to go through that right? before. Yeah. Um, it really slapped me in the face. Thank you, John Mark. And um, we'll tag you yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, but, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm grateful because I think that was a Dallas Willard quote. He goes, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry um, if you're going to, to you know, have a long obedience in the same direction. And I, I, just, I try not to even use the word hurry, like, you know, getting my kids around, like, hurry up, we got to go. You know, like, that's, that's taxi cab number one. And, and taxi cab number two, that you go into this guy's taxi cab and he's not in a hurry. There's good music playing. It smells nice, you know, and, but we're going to get to the same destination. And I want to be, I want to be, um, the, the latter kind of cab driver. And I think we can do that. I just think we got to slow down, let God, let God lead. Um, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ before I'm a leader with Christ. Right. Ooh, there it is. So there it is. That, that's, I could go on and on. No, no, no. I, well, <laughs> I, I think it'd be great, but, uh, yeah. but for sake of time, um, we'll, we'll continue to move forward. But I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard it worded or even the, the word picture of a taxi driver. Um, but I think that's something that we can all, uh, self-reflect and say, man, what kind of taxi driver, what kind of leader are we? Along the way, I think that's some some really really good insight for us today. Um, I, I'm really just going to ask that. Really, we just got a couple more things before we wrap up our time. Yeah. Um, you know, as a visionary, you said it earlier. I've always got ten ideas. Um, yes. If it's a God thing, it's typically not a convenient thing. Like there's there's very much a thread that's there. But um, yeah. but what are you dreaming about? What 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 is? And maybe this is too big of a can to open. But but I, I would love to know oh, what. what where did the Lord just uh, putting dreams in your heart and, and mind to, to wrestle with the Lord with? This may not be the answer you're looking for, but this is the, yeah. the, the honest answer. My 16-year-old junior in high school, uh, we just went and visited uh, Clemson, uh, Georgia Tech. We're going to visit Oral Roberts University uh, in Arkansas. And one of my dreams is to transition, and this is just right now current, is to transition my son. Uh, into, you know, the next season of his uh, life uh, as a successful man. And, and if you know my son, he's, he carries himself well with wisdom and excellence. And uh, but at the same time, the world is a 
crazy place. So I, I dream about how am I going to build this bridge for him over the next 18 months that he can safely cross on? And, and what part is it his to build, right? Um, so those are dreams that we're dreaming about right now. And then my daughter's moving into high school. Um, and I dream about her having this thriving experience uh, in high school. Um, and then kind of professionally, uh, you know, um, and I could, I could spend all day, my wife and I talk so much about um, that part of our, of our dreams. And then, and then multiply global um, executive coaching. You know, we, we have this, this gigantic dream of over the next decade, partnering with a hundred global leaders. So we are always on the lookout for uncommon leaders, uncommon globally minded leaders who, who want to be a multiplier of the kingdom. And we want to come alongside of these dreamers. Um, and we want to provide, if they're an uncommon dreamer, we want to provide uncommon partnership. And from coaching to funding to relationships, um, some of those guys are going to start churches. Others are going to start businesses. Um, you know, um, some of those ladies are going to raise um, children and uh, and others are going to raise, you know, and, and create children's homes in, in Pakistan and, and in India and provide blankets in the mountains of, of India. And, you know, that's exactly which is what, happening, <laughs> which is happening with, with Sam right now. So we're currently at 10 global leaders, but we are, we're dreaming, um, you know, at 1.5 speed, uh, like we're just saying, God expedite this, the season of history that we're in, there's need and, and time matters, you know, and resources matter. And so we're dreaming about that and, and dreaming about how, how do we connect all these, you know, through the cohort and all of these, what I call neighbors, these, these people within proximity uh, of, of us, how do we take the neighbors and connect them with the nations? And how can we be a solution and, and, and that Matthew 9 dream of God's heart that, that there would be enough workers for the harvest? How do we connect the neighbors and the nations, whether that's their, you know, raising up missionaries to go or, um, or raising up funding to send? Now, you, know, you know this, but one of the big focus of, of our ministry is discovering people who are already in the country. They're, they're, they're nationals. They're there. They know the language. They, um, they have the credentials. They have the relationships. And, but what they don't have typically is great partnerships. So, man, we want to position ourselves to become that for them. So, we we dream of that. Of course, all of it, all of it is for Jesus and and glorifying His name um, and just really exposing the people around us, whether that be in our homes or in cohorts or if we're on a trip around the world, um, to the heart of a good Father. That's right. Who's gracious and kind and and loving and merciful, but he's also a judge and a king and he's returning. Um, and the time is near. And I, I think that's a, a beautiful encapsulation of just where God's having you dream in this current season. Um, I'll let you rapid, rapid fire this one. I'm going to steal it straight okay. from John Acuff, um, where he loves to ask guests. And I want to ask you as well, what's okay. the Mount Rushmore of books that you say everybody should read 
these books, these, these few books, oh, uh, my gosh. this is a tough <laughs> task for you. I don't know if you can do this one. I should have, I wish I could you show you my <laughs> library that is right over here. At least give us two or three of, Hey, everybody should read. Everybody should read this book and we'll link it in the show notes as well. I would say, uh, can I give a couple, a rapid fire answer here? Okay. Rapid I would fire. say, if you're looking for deep heart transformation, um, and to, to that Proverbs four twenty three, you know, um, above all things, guard your heart for for you know it flow the issues of life. Like my heart is everything. Go read everything John Eldridge wrote. John Eldridge, anything from Wild at Heart to Beautiful Outlaw to um, Waking the Dead to Resilient, his most recent Fathered by God. Tap into the Resilient, the Pause app. Um, that they have. That's a fantastic resource. But let me give another one that's probably not going to be mentioned very often. Okay, um, I'm ready. Robert Coleman's Master Plan of Evangelism. If you're serious about wanting Excellent to be choice. a multiplier of the kingdom, um, what Robert Coleman does, and I had the privilege of sitting in a, in a seminar where he taught when he was 85, Ooh. and he was just as passionate at 85 as I'm sure he was at 45. And, and he delivered that book in one talk, and it just was so impactful to me. And I've read that book several times. But he gives the blueprint of how Jesus went about changing the world. And it was very practical. It's very um, tangible in how he did this. You know, from he just selected a few and started investing in them. He associated with them. He consecrated them. He demonstrated the kingdom. He delegated jobs. He um, supervise their progress, and then he asked them to reproduce themselves. And so, and I think I'm missing one in there. That that book is a fantastic resource for anybody that really wants to be a multiplier of the kingdom. And one of the quotes he uses in that book is, we must decide where we want our ministry to count um, in, in the popularity of today, which will cause you to build a big platform with your name all over it, or whether we want to invest ourselves into a few people who will carry on our ministry after we're gone. After we're gone. Yes. One of my favorite and, parts and of the And that book. may not show up for a decade or two or three, but when Jesus' ministry is done Jesus' way, um, 2,000 years later, here we are. And, and so I think Robert Coleman captures that well. That's, that's excellent. I think those are two great choices for us um, to, to go and resource. I say choices. One yeah. was every book by one author. I, I every book counts, but, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, well, Josh, I think that's all the time that we're going to have for today. Um, in the show notes, we're going to connect a, a couple of different ways that they can stay connected with you and what you're doing and with what Multiply Global is doing as well. But um, Josh, as a, a in the most personal way, as a friend, um, as somebody that um, I enjoy doing ministry alongside of, Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for dreaming big and continuing to pursue the kingdom and everything that you do. And so, um, hey, once again, this is the first podcast. This is the Multipliers Leadership Podcast. So thanks for joining. And uh, we'll be back uh, with you soon. And we can't wait to see what God's going to do in and through this. So, hey, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for joining us today. To discover more resources, visit MultiplyGlobal.com. We are committed to helping leaders like you become connected to the relationships and resources you need to multiply God's purpose in your everyday life.